0: Father in heaven, how grateful we are that we could assemble to worship you this morning. How grateful we are, Lord, that we can sing of your praises. That you, Lord Jesus, having come into the world, are the savior of the world. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you put that song in, in our hearts, even praise to our God. And we rejoice and give thanks to you. Almighty God, triune God, creator and sustainer of all that exists. We worship and adore you. We bow not only our heads but our wills, our hearts to you in worship. We pray for the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth to illuminate your word, and allow it to find lodging in our hearts and minds and to do its transforming living work in our hearts, drawing us ever closer, Lord, to you. For your glory we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I wanted to ask you this question on this first Sunday of the new year. Do you like to play games? (laughs) I hear that sound. Are you a fan of game shows? There's one game show I I really do like to watch, and it's called Jeopardy. Any Jeopardy fans here? Oh, yes, I see three hands, four hands. Um, But there was a game show back in the early days of my life that I think you can still watch it uh, as a repeat. Um, It was called To Tell the Truth. And there were typically four uh, celebrity panelists, and then there were three contestants. And the object was that these celebrity uh, team of, of challengers would try to figure out which one of the three contestants is actually telling the truth, and the other two are imposters, and they would do it by using specific questions. And through the answers to those questions, they would try to discern who was telling the truth. Well, in the context of this passage, I think it's very important that what John is telling us here is that indeed, we need to be discerning Christians, to be able to discern the spirits that are being used in our day in regard to the messages that they are sending out. Because in every respect, he is calling us as Christians to test the spirits. In fact, he says it very clearly here in verse 1. He says, Beloved, referring to the believers of God, do not believe every spirit but test the spirits to see whether they are from God because many false prophets have gone out into the world. John is warning us as believers in God in this world that we need to be people who have spiritual discernment, that we need to test the spirits to see whether or not they are from God. There was a time in history, in Israel's history, back during the days of Jeremiah, that they used to have prophets entering into their midst and actually speaking falsehood, of telling lies. And they were doing it in the name of the Lord. But one of the things that happened during that period of time that Jeremiah was telling the people of God is this, that they loved it so... What an indictment to have false prophets in your midst and you liking what they say, in fact, loving it. The word test there, it comes from the Greek word, and it means in every respect to have proof, to to prove it to be true. And it's in the imperative form. We are told to test the Spirit's. And it's not for a select few. It's not just for the elders in this church or for the deacons in this church or the pastoral staff of this church or the men in our families. It is for everyone. We are all called to be testers of the Spirit because the emphasis here is on the beloved. All believers are to test And examine and prove the spirits to see whether they are from God or not why because just as it was true in the first century it is true today there are many false prophets that have gone out into the world John has related this earlier in his letter in chapter 2 verses 18 and 19 where he says children It is the last hour, and just as you have heard that Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have appeared. From this we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they really were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have remained with us. And it's in this context of his letter that he calls them false Prophets, and there are many of them. False prophets falter and fall because they have the spirit of Antichrist. They speak against God's Christ. And other world religions are built on wrong and rebellious answers to two questions. And these two questions are significant for us today. Who is Jesus, and what did he do? Who is Jesus, and what did he do? When you look at the Jehovah's Witness, they'll tell you plainly that Jesus is not God. That he was formerly an archangel named Michael and that he did not die on a cross, but on a stake. And the thing that was resurrected was only the spirit and not the body. The Mormons, they believe that Jesus is a separate God from the Father, he was created as a spirit child by the Father and by the Mother of Heaven. Jesus' death on the cross does not provide full atonement for sins, though it, they claim that it provides resurrection for all. And even in Islam, Jesus is one of the most respected of the 124,000 prophets that have been sent by Allah. They'll admit that Jesus was sinless. They'll admit that he was born a virgin, that he was a miracle worker, but he was not the Son of God. And therefore, Jesus is not God, and God is not Jesus. And though Jesus was crucified, was not, uh, in our faith, he was crucified, they do not believe that Jesus was crucified. And it's in all of these false religions that we have false prophets that prophesy false messages of false gods to false worshipers offering false hope with false doctrine. And we must not think that this trend is something unique to our day. For centuries, as well as examples of false prophets have been spoken at throughout the Old Testament. Deuteronomy chapter 18, which we didn't have time to read this morning, verses 20 through 22 speak of these false prophets who speak presumptuously for the Lord. And yet what they say does not come to pass, and it proves that they are false prophets. In the passage that we did read there in Deuteronomy 13, 1 through 5, we read how Moses talks about the prophet or the dreamer of dreams that arise among us and whose signs or wonders do come true. But then Moses tells us through the inspiration of Scripture, that we are not to listen to them because they tell us to go and worship after other gods and to serve them. You are not to listen to the words of that prophet or dreamer. For the Lord your God is testing you to find out if you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. You shall follow, he says, the Lord your God. Fear him. Keep his commandments. Listen and serve him and cling to him. But that prophet or that dreamer of dreams is to be put to death because he has counseled rebellion against the Lord your God and you shall purge the evil from among you. And there are examples in the Old Testament of when we see these false prophets actually assembled and organized right around the people of God. Think of the time of Ahab, the king, and Jezebel, when the Baal prophets of, of the false gods were actually infiltrating and assimilating among the worshipers of Yahweh and Palestine. They were indeed assimilating and indeed practicing this false worship among the worshipers of Yahweh because the worshipers of Yahweh were being led astray. They were attracted to the sensuous cultic practices and the claims of fertility that were offered by the Baal gods. In fact, the northern kingdom of Israel under King Ahab and Jezebel, sought to eradicate the worship of Yahweh altogether and to exalt and install the the worship of Baal as the official religion. And this crisis was only averted by God's true prophet, Elijah, when he confronts the 450 prophets of Baal. And we read in 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 21, these words from Elijah. It says, Elijah came near to all the people and said, How long will you hesitate between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. And if Baal, follow him. And then you know about the tests, the setting up of the sacrifices there on the mountain, and how God proved that he was God when he answered Elijah's prayer with fire. He is God. And when the people that were surrounding this great event of challenge between the prophet... Elijah and the prophets of Baal, when they saw the fire of the Lord fall and consume the burnt offering, that's when the people said, and they fell down on their faces, and they said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. And our Lord Jesus, during his Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 7, said this as a warning to all of us. Beware of the false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Grapes are not gathered from thorn bushes and figs from thistles, are they? So every good tree bears good fruit but the bad tree bears bad fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. You will know them by their fruits. So, with that being said, how do we discern the spirits, the false from the true prophets or messengers of God? The first thing that we need to know is this. Behind every prophet, there is a spirit. Let me say that again. Behind every prophet, there is a spirit. As John points out there in verses 2 and 3, by this you know the spirit of God, Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of Antichrist, of which you have heard that it is coming and now is already in the world. To know whether or not The truth is coming from God. The message must align with God's inspired revelation in his word concerning his Son, the Son of God incarnate. Every spirit that confesses Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And any spirit, as Paul said there in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 3, any spirit that says that Jesus is accursed is not from God. And some would have us believe, as those were even being challenged when John wrote this letter, some would have us believe that the Christ came and entered into the man, Jesus, at his baptism, and then left prior to his crucifixion. But John refutes that by these words. Jesus is Christ come in the flesh at conception. This miraculous instance of his incarnation, as it was written, as we reflected on during our Christmas Eve service, where the angel came to Mary and told her that she shall bear a child, and his name shall be called Emmanuel, God with us. His name shall be called Jesus. It is important that we recognize and hold to that historical truth of the incarnation of God that the Word did become flesh and dwelled among us. This permanent union of God and man in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ is a truth that cannot be maligned. It cannot be altered. It must be true to each one of us as believers. Notice what he says here in verse 3. Every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of Antichrist, of which I have told you that is coming and is already in the world. It was John earlier in chapter 2 who said this. Who is the liar? but the one who denies that Jesus is the Christ. This is the Antichrist, the one who denies the Father and the Son. And as I said to you earlier, through every messenger that we hear that says that they're speaking from God, there is a spirit. And John is pointing out here that it is either the Holy Spirit or it is a demonic spirit. As he says in his second letter, in verse 7, for many deceivers have gone out into the world, those who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ coming in the flesh. This is the deceiver and the antichrist. but he also wants to give consolation and hope to the believers that are facing these deceivers, these false prophets, because he says here in verse 4, you are from God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he who is in the world. They are from the world, therefore they speak from the world, and the world listens to them, but we are from God. This verse 4 has a special place for not only believers that were listening to this letter, but they are indeed a great comfort and assured hope for us of the victory that we have as God's elect who are in Christ. This verse has a special meaning to me personally since it was the scripture that was shared with me when God, by his loving grace and mercy, saved me as I heard the gospel of Christ and put my faith and trust in the Lord Jesus for salvation back in March of 1976. It was this verse. "'You are of God, little children,' and have overcome him, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. John goes on and he says, we are God's children. We are overcomers of the evil and the rebellious spirits of Antichrist that are in this world. Why? Because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Paul actually infers this in his letter to the Romans in Romans chapter 8, verses 31 and 32. And he does it in the form of questions. He says, what shall we say to these things? If God is for us, Who is against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for us all, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? And then in verse 37, he says this, But in all these things, we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. You see, the Holy Spirit that has taken residence in our lives makes us overcomers of the falsehood and the lies by the grace of God. In sharp contrast, though, John forcibly declares that this spirit of Antichrist is also among people who are from the world, who speak as from the world, and whom the world listens to. The people of this fallen world who have rejected the truth of the gospel of Christ are believing the lies, and the lies come from the father of lies, the evil one. And the unregenerate people that we rub shoulders with are living in the lies. They're able to identify their own, too. And they listen to all this secular, as well as this sensational, if you will, or popular ideas and viewpoints that are derived from a corrupt worldview. They often become the instruments of the false Christ and prophets. There are those who even wrongly speak of the Lord's return, such as was taught there in Matthew chapter 24. But John reminds us, as believers in Christ, that we are from God. And he says, He who knows God listens to us. He who is not from God does not listen to us. He says, by this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. It is the Holy Spirit who is the spirit of truth. All other spirits are not of the truth. And John concludes by teaching us that as believers in Christ, being from God We know God's voice. We listen to God's word. Those who do not listen to God are not from God. So, let me ask you, are you able to test the spirits that are in the world? Can you discern which spirit is coming from God and which are having other origins? Are you recipients of God's grace, of the true gospel of Jesus Christ that is found in the Bible? And if not, what spirits are you listening to? I tell you, if they are not the gospel of God found in Christ Jesus, our Lord, it is not the spirit of truth. It's the spirit of a lie. And as F.F. Bruce comments on this particular verse, he says this, No matter how charming, how plausible, how eloquent the prophets in question may be, the test of their witness to Christ and his truth is the test by which they must be judged. John states, by this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. The spirit of truth will always come from God's spirit through the word. The spirits of error and lies are demonic, and they are from the devil. So, let us not be gullible or deceived by false spirits in our world. Let us test the spirits of truth and of error. Amen.